0: To the mini break, your daily podcast the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, December 17th. Going to keep today's mini break on the shorter side. Of course, for any of you listeners looking for more off-season content, go turn to our website, CrackRackets.com. While there, you'll be able to see our latest edition of our college contender series, breaking down our top 11 teams heading into this D1 men's ITA tennis season. Of course, this week, we talk about number 5 USC, and that means on the Great Shot podcast, Chris Hallioris, Matt Stokowiak join me to give our thoughts on the team's roster, project the lineup for this season, of course, talk about how they're going to compete both in their conference and nationally as well. And then, of course, on our Cracked Interviews podcast, we are joined by USC head coach Brett Macy to talk about all of those things as well here, the inside scoop on what's going on around the Trojan program. And then Coach Macy, actually, some really fun rapid-fire questions for me at the end of that podcast. Always fun to flip seats with the guests to have the interviewer become the interviewee. I think it's going to be, it's a really fun segment. I know all of you listeners will enjoy, so be sure to go check those two podcasts out. Of course, you can read more about the USC Trojans on our website as Matt Stokowiak offered his thoughts on the team heading into 2021. And if you've missed our thoughts on any of our top 11 teams, you can find them all there on the website. Of course, yesterday, we launched our next gen, uh, latest edition of our next gen ATP 2.0 series thus far. We've talked about young guys like Alejandro de. Deves- uh Fokina. We've talked about Lorenzo Musetti. This week, we talked about Yuri Rodionov, the 21-year-old Austrian inside the top 150 for the first time in his career to end this season, won a couple of challenger titles back in February, and has a really different game style than so many players currently on tour. It's a really fun conversation. Our newest Crack Rackets contributor, Dave Gertler, joining me there uh, on our mini-break podcast, and he and I both writing about Rodionov for our website as well, so be sure to go check out all of that content, and of course, you know, we're rocking and rolling day in, day out on our YouTube channel as well, whether it be our college contenders videos, whether it be our new weekly show, The Deciding Point, whether it be our new series, uh, The Cross Court Chronicles, chronicling the journey of Cameron Mofid, who went around the globe chasing tennis, having fun. It's a fantastic series I think all of you listeners will enjoy, so be sure to go check that out on our YouTube channel, which you can find by searching Cracked Rackets. But of course, here on the Mini Break Podcast today, I want to talk a little a little bit about the news we learned yesterday because it was monumental news, fantastic news for all of us tennis fans. Of course, that news—the fact that the 2021 ATP schedule has officially been released—and we're not just talking an at ATP level. 250, 500s, Masters, Australian Open—we learned the details for those tournaments as well. But we also learned about the challenger level events, what we can expect to see. We learned how many futures events to expect for these players to be able to compete with as well. We also learned some stimuli. Being handed out to a bunch of players, inside information from our friend Parson Namati, a little bit of a John Wertheim tweet as well. Also, uh, I want to talk about those things quickly on today's podcast. Of course, the reason we are able to do this day in, day out, is because of the incredible support we get from you listeners, from our Patreon family, and of course from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. You go to Midwestsports.com, use that promo code CR15. You get 15% off all of the best gear in the tennis world. You go to Aerobar.com, use that promo code promo code CRACK30 to get 30% off your order. And again, maybe you want a tennis-themed gift for your loved ones this holiday season. Turn to Midwest Sports. Turn to our friends at AeroBar. And remember, look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, AeroBar, crack rackets. All right, with that in mind, let's talk about the headline news. The 2021 ATP calendar officially released I think we got more events than we were expecting, and of course, we learned a couple, what was it ten days ago that the Australian Open was circling. February 8th for the start day of the event that the government in Australia was going to require players to come to the event at least two weeks in advance so that they could quarantine and there were special provisions given for these players coming they'd still be allowed to train they'd still be allowed a little bit of outdoor activity I believe it's five hours each day two on court two in the gym one to eat food or do whatever it is you do the rest of the time they have to be in their hotel rooms Uh, and of course with each uh, returned COVID negative test you are allowed more more and more time outside of your room, more and more privileges. Of course, they were planning to travel there January 15th, 16th, so that they could have a warm-up event or two for all the players planning to play Australia and then get the Australian Open rolling by February 8th. And, you know, the question was going to be, because there are plenty of events in January, plenty of events in February normally on the schedule. You think South American Swing, you think Rotterdam, you think Marseille, you think New York Open, Delray Beach, all the tournaments that did get to play in the early portions of 2020 we saw everything before indian wells and so all of those tournaments have a little bit more margin right they can afford maybe to cancel in a way that a tournament that missed that was missed in 2020 cannot afford to cancel for a second straight year in 2021 but i have to say fairly impressive slate of events scheduled for the early portions of the ATP season. You look for that first week in January, January 5th to the 13th. By the way, January 5th, as of this recording, under 20 days away. It's crazy to think about. But first event in two locations for those European players who perhaps don't want to travel all the way here, then go all the way to Australia. We've got the Antalya open. Antalya, I believe, in Turkey, if my geography serves me correctly. Turkey, technically not Europe, right? Is it Asia? Is it Europe? Well, if they're not going to let Turkey into the EU, how can you call them part of the European Union, even if geographically the Fertile Crescent? Are they technically part of Europe, the bridge between Europe, Asia, the Middle East? Anyways, yes, I did take a seminar on Turkey during college. Thank you for asking. The point being, uh, the Antalya Open going to be the second event offered. Uh, Both of these events going to be uh, 250-level events. Uh, Both of them, again, uh, certain to get a wide variety of players. You imagine a lot of the North American guys is going to stick around in Delray. Uh, so, you know, you imagine the South American guys, perhaps the Canadian guys coming over to play this event as well versus the guys in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, maybe even the Australians. Although if you're an Australian, do you really want to fly to Delray Beach in Antalya just to have to come back and quarantine again? Or maybe you just skip that week, figure something else out. Anyways, you get those two 250 events to start the season. From there, Australian Open qualifying going to kick off in Doha. Uh, which is obviously very, very cool that they're going to do qualifying for the Australian Open outside of the Australian Open. uh, That event's going to start in Doha. From there, people are going to be able to travel uh, to Australia, begin their quarantine. If you don't qualify for the Australian Open, at least you're going to know, hey, I don't have to fly there. I don't have to waste all of my time, all of these resources. And so you you do have to like the accommodations there. You do have to like the game planning from Tennis Australia. You do have to like Uh, That fact uh, that, again, uh, for uh, these players, that given the travel restrictions, given everything in place, that they're trying to make it more feasible for these players to play qualifying. But by the way, you know, let's say you're – and I'm going to throw a name out there – Mitchell Kruger, who maybe gets into the Delray Beach qualifying, maybe even gets into the draw depending on how many people apply for that event – You know, do you play that event January 5th to the 13th knowing that you have to travel to Doha? You have to play Australian Open qualifying and be there? And do you really want to have to fly there and not have much time to adjust to the conditions? Uh, The answer is absolutely not. So that qualifying being in Doha certainly could impact, I think, the Delray Beach event more than anything. That Antalya Open, given its proximity to Doha, that much more appealing for players who have that crossover, right, who would have to play uh, or who want to have to play Australian Open qualifying and would like to play an ATP event uh, that first week. So it's, it's an interesting choice for all of these players, of course, January 31st uh, through the February 6th. Uh, the players are going to be in Australia for an ATP event. There are going to be two ATP events in Melbourne that week. There's Melbourne 1, which is in the Adelaide location. There's Melbourne 2, which I imagine is in the Melbourne location. Both of those events going to be offered, again, for players looking at that January 31st to February. 6th mark. That's when they should be done with their quarantine for any of those players who want to get a few matches, want to get an event in before the start of the Australian Open on February 8th. Should also point out February 1st to the 5th, it's going to be the ATP Cup. And of course, that what that shows is, and I think this is a big takeaway from this announcement, too many, investment, uh, too many resources invested into the ATP Cup for it to be scrapped this season. Evidently, they viewed it as a massive success in year one, and certainly from a quality of tennis standpoint, from a drama standpoint, that was the case. I can't speak to the financials of the event, but obviously, again, they find it worthwhile. So they're going to play that ATP Cup simultaneously uh, to Melbourne 1 and Melbourne 2. Again, two 250s that week before the Australian Open for those players who want to play an event, and then, of course, ATP Cup for the, uh, for other players as well. Uh, you know, those are the opening weeks of the season. From there, uh, things get a little bit sketchy again and it is worth noting we talk about this being a massive success because certainly it is. It is so great to know that we will have tennis in our lives in the early portion of the season but what do we not see there in February? What do we not see rescheduled thus far? of uh, The South American swing and we learned the ATP 500 in Rio will not be taking place in February. We also learned there will be no New York Open in 2021. We also learned the Billie Jean King Cup formerly known as Fed Cup. Finals and playoffs have been moved to April 13th, Through the eighteenth, with the Billie Jean King playoffs uh, being, I believe, the sixteenth and seventeenth, and then ultimately those finals would be on, or would be, uh, excuse me, the sixteenth, seventeenth would be the playoffs uh, for the lesser division, the King Cup. The top group would be the thirteenth through the eighteenth. Yes, in Budapest. So, uh, you know, a couple of adjustments, unfortunately, here and there from the ATP Tour. Now, um, if you're asking me for my initial reaction, it's hard to think of this as anything but a win, and you would have loved. see you know Tennis Australia just be like hey Keep everyone here for three months. Let's pool the money. Let's pool the rights. Let's do this all for the collective good of tennis. But as we've learned, that will never happen, right? Too many competing interests. Why would Tennis France want to give up their dates? Why would Tennis Argentina want to give up their dates? Why would the USTA want to give up its dates for tournaments in America? It's just not financially feasible, also, to keep all of these players in one location, have them continue to play until vaccinations become more widely available, until it becomes that much easier to host international events such. Such as a tennis tournament at the same time we've talked about this the entire time these players you know there's an inherent risk to playing but they need to make a livelihood this is how they make their living and sports are secondary to global health but if they think they can conduct this event safely minimize uh risk minimize exposure for both players fans anyone invested any entity that's a part of the media uh, that's a part of the event then you have to do it, and clearly, you know, again, they circled a couple of events that first week of January, they're very much sticking to, if you want to be in Australia, if you want to play, you have to be here the 15th, 16th, you have to begin your two weeks of quarantine, although, of course, they continue to adjust the rules slightly of what players will and will not be able to do during that quarantine, we'll talk about that in a second, but... It's a win for tennis. It's absolutely a win to get Delray, to get Antalya, to get uh, a couple of events in Melbourne, to have the ATP Cup unequivocally. Tennis Australia comes out of this feeling like a big winner. And look, the after effect on these ATP events who... May be canceled in 2021 for you know the first time we talked about it last year, but any event that might be canceled the second time, I think it's a little too early to know the ramifications of later on in the season. Of course, so many things can continue to change, right? And so this is a topic we will continue to explore certainly and discuss as 2021 uh, begins and continues throughout the year, but. You know, it's great to know that we will have tennis in January. It's great to know we will have tennis before the Australian Open, and now that's something all of us can get excited about over these last few days of the offseason. And again, under 20 days until the action in Delray Beach is slated to start. So that again, that is something all of us tennis fans can absolutely get excited about. It is worth noting we also learned some ATP Challenger information for uh, what the early schedule is going to look like in 2021. There are going to be events starting January 18th and going all the way through the end of the Australian Open. At least that is the announcement of the events thus far. The first week will feature one event in Istanbul, Turkey. Then you're going to have two, one in Turkey and in France. The week of January 25th, then you're going to have Turkey, France again. February 1st, you have France, Italy, Russia, starting, or excuse me, maybe South Africa, uh, starting RSA. I think that's the Republic of South Africa. So we'll try that again in France, in Italy, and in South Africa, starting on February 8th. And then the 15th, you're going to have two, I believe one in South Africa, the other in Italy. Is worth noting as Tukamani Karyol pointed out yesterday on Twitter, a bunch of Turkish events early in the season after hosting one challenger through the entirety of the 2020 ATP season. They've got one tour event, three challenger events, all in the first two months of 2021. I don't know if that just means feasibly the restrictions are lesser in Turkey, if that's why they're doing it, if the money is just there, but it is feeling, you know, it is worth noting uh, that fun fact. And by the way, in 2021, ATP challengers. Uh, This comes from our friend at Parson Namadi. As of now, there's just one tournament slated to take place the week after the uh, cancellations uh, starting January 18th, that first week, but then a minimum of two weeks every week to follow. The ATP shooting for three to four challengers a week. The total investment on challengers for 2021 is projected at $14.1 million, which again, considering the uh, drop-off of the Oracle Pro Challenger Series and all the events the investments Oracle was making in the lesser rungs of the game. Uh, that's a significant sum, and hopefully, if they can do three challengers a week throughout the 2021 season, you know, health restrictions aside, uh, that would be phenomenal from a financial standpoint. So hopefully, this is a trend we continue to see emerge. And by the way, I haven't mentioned it yet, but I believe in each and every one of the weeks on the calendar right now, there are at least two ITF schedules. With the potential for up to four or five uh, in some of the weeks, so the ITF circuit going to be rocking and rolling once the twenty twenty one season starts as well. But that's your look at the pro, uh, preliminary January and February twenty twenty one ATP calendar. Excuse me, leave that hiccup in. I suppose uh, not a great moment in podcasting, nevertheless. The point being, we don't have a WTA schedule quite yet, but we do know what the beginning of the ATP year is going to look like. We also learned a little bit, a few other details about the early portions of the ATP year. Again, this information coming from our friend Parson Namati, but in terms of the special practice quarantine program uh, for the Australian Open, it's capped at 1,000 people. That is going to be the limit. Children under age of three are exempt from the allocated numbers, but they must remain in the hotel for the quarantine period. Uh, there have been some adjustments after the pushback. We learned the announcement last week they were going to allow former Australian Open Ch- Slam champions to bring four people, top 10 players to bring three people, all of the other singles, two, all of the doubles players, one. They have adjusted that. Top 10 doubles players can now bring two plus people, as can main draw singles entry. Uh, the remaining doubles and qualifying singles players can I'll bring one wild cards are player plus one lucky losers player plus one Australian non qualifiers player plus one. Again, they're trying to even out the program, but they have a strict number. They got to keep it under 1000. Whether this actually even things out or not, I'm, Jury's still out, I suppose, Um, but certainly, you know, again, this is going to be a serious thing to monitor. If there is another outbreak in Australia over the next month, over the next six weeks, and God willing, there will not be, but tennis again we keep saying this the government in Australia is not messing around they're not going to compromise the integrity the safety of the public health of the people of Australia just to host a tennis tournament and so uh, it is worth noting again how strict these guidelines will be Uh, it's also worth noting that the ATP tour announced uh, and raised 3.3 million and distributed that money to 420 players as their first effort of player relief this year the second relief which will be released soon is a projected another 2.1 million to be given to 440 players. All 165 players who qualified for the pension will receive 25k, uh, 4.1 million projected total. That's again the pension, which I believe you get for being two years, three years inside the ATP top 75. And so that's how many players currently uh, qualify for that pension. They are still going to receive a little bit of cash on the side here. That's all good news again as the ATP continues. You know, all of these players continue to struggle with the realities of trying to be a pro tennis player during. A pandemic. I mean, all of us struggling with any profession, right? During a pandemic, great to see the ATP uh, being a positive employer, right? Trying to get help out to its employees. Uh, so happy to report that bit of news. Couple of other things quickly down the home stretch. All fun things to learn. Uh, Jamie Murray and the LTA, uh, which of course is the British Tennis Association, announced another mini Battle of the Brits event in Roehampton from December twentieth to the twenty third. They're going to be kev- competitive opportunities in league form over four days. Some of the players playing Dan Evans, Andy Murray, Jamie Murray, Heather Watson, and more. All of this will be available to view on YouTube and the LTA's social media channels. Not going to be a full TV production like it was this summer, but certainly some tennis for all of us looking to get our fix in here in December. We also have to give two major shout-outs. Shout-out to the Novak Djokovic uh, Foundation, which personally, I believe, uh, donated a state-of-the-art Canon CT device uh, to a medical clinic in Serbia. This scanner will help speed up the diagnosis of covid patients and of course again the novak Djokovic foundation doing so much great work not just within serbia but across the globe so shout out to novak Djokovic foundation and shout out to the wta which uh which their charities in association with the cancer research racket have partnered for the second time to reigns fund for cancer research of course uh, so many former uh, wta greats coming out to work on behalf of this initiative it's exactly what you want to see from the powers that be in the tennis world so again it's some off-season news for you here on today's mini break podcast what's going on off the court to help set up what should be hopefully another fantastic year of action on the court now if you want to hear more about that action on the Court. Go check out some of the other podcasts we have done this week. Judson Wall joined me to break down the few ITF tournaments we still have here in this 2020 season. As I mentioned at the top, Dave Gertler joining me to continue our Next Gen ATP 2.0 series. Uh, Chris Hallioris, Matt Stokowiak joining me to talk a little bit of college contenders. We've got WTA and ATP award shows uh, in the queue for all of you next week. Tons going on here at Correct Records. Again, we try to help prepare all of you listeners for the 2020 21 season. If you have missed any of it, be sure to go check out the website, CrackedRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at GreatShotPod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Linder and Daniel Westhoff, for the of an any job they do day in day out shout out of course as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar go to MidwestSports.com use that promo code CR15 go to Aerobar.com use that promo code crack30 so that you can look good you can feel good and then ultimately when you're on your court you can play good as well. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Crack Rackets. But with that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Fligner and West off, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin, you know what we say. That's the break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.